Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Joining me on today's show to help you be a more informed NHL better and to help show you the ropes on how to bet the NHL is Josh Ingles. And the reason I wanted to have Josh on the show is with football done, there's a lot of other sports for us to have action on, and it's important for you to understand how to bet each sport to see where the opportunities may lie. But first, let's do a recap of the Super Bowl and the things that I learned. The number one thing heading into the Super Bowl that I did not like was the fact that the Chiefs were down double digits in each of their two playoff games. Well, guess what? It happened again, and I was tracking the live betting odds, and at one point, the Chiefs got to plus 378 on the money line when Mahomes threw his second interception, and the 49ers had the ball up 20 to 10 with about seven minutes to go. Talk about an opportunity. And there is a boatload of people out there who have made a killing just on betting the Chiefs in live betting when they've been down double digits. And it's something that I've talked about on the podcast every single week is to keep your eyes out on the live betting because if you like the explosive offense of the Chiefs and you know they can come back like they did, huge opportunity. And to actually take this one step further, imagine this betting strategy heading into December. You say, you know what? I'm going to go all in on betting Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, the two best quarterbacks in college football and NFL. Had you done that, you would straight be printing cash. Straight cash, homie. Keeping the live betting theme going, the Chiefs and 49ers were both plus two and a half within a three-minute span of each other, and both teams were also plus money on the money line. Why this is important is because you could have had either the 49ers at the Chiefs at plus money on the money line, and you could have simply had a nice middle of saying, all right, does this game get between one or two points? It didn't end up happening, but these are the types of scenarios early on in a game that you want to be aware of because we have seen so many games come down to the wire, and it's nice being able to have a middle. Did you even hear what she said? You shouldn't leave without getting something for free. Baby, she wants to party. With this, the Super Bowl was just another one of the games where there is such opportunities to get guaranteed money if that's what you're looking for. Not everyone wants to do this. Sometimes you want to be on a side and say, hey, I'm cool with this. But if you roll in and say, you know what? I'm just looking for plus money to get myself a victory for the day. It is possible. Just win, baby. From a props side of things, it was not a pretty day for yours truly, which is weird to say because I felt good most of the game. I was on the 49ers minus three plus 149 as an alternate line. My mindset for this was I chose the 49ers to win, albeit it was like at a 51-49 slate. But nonetheless, I liked the 49ers. And I was like, you know what? Plus one and a half doesn't do it for me. But I can see them winning by three. And lo and behold, looking through 85% of the game, that was golden. They're up 20 to 10 and they're up 20 to 17. So I'm like, boom, worst case scenario, I'm pushing this. Not so fast, my friend. But 
with my mind thinking this way in terms of alternative lines, what was also on my mind was, hmm, maybe I like the Chiefs minus six and a half, not the seven. Why? Because I can see them winning by a touchdown. So even though I didn't place this bet, my mindset on both sides were 49ers minus three, Chiefs minus six and a half. So at these numbers where I'm going to get better odds and I can see the scenario where, of course, the Chiefs could win by just a touchdown. And guess what? The Chiefs ended up winning by 11. So if we wanted to take this a step further, there's people out there who could have said, can you see the Chiefs winning this game by double digits? Of course. Quite frankly, either of these teams could have won this game by double digits. Just think about the action you could have had on the plus money with Chiefs plus 10 or Chiefs minus 10. So I at least just wanted to make you aware of this. Is it something that next year with these high-powered offenses and teams that you think can come back or blow other teams out, start looking at these alternative lines as a way to sort of go a little bit more all in on the lean that you do have. I want to know where to go. I want to go. Shout out to anyone who was on the Patrick Mahomes under rushing total like I was. Talk about the backdoor cover in a half. He was sitting at somewhere between 40 yards heading into this, and then he lost 15 yards on kneel downs. Absolutely brutal. But thank goodness he did that because it was my only victory of the day, and I didn't even get to enjoy it because I looked at his numbers, and he was at like 44 yards on the day. So I was like, well, I lost that bet only to find out three plays at the end of the game later that I did win. Uh, so that ended up bringing my Super Bowl prop betting to a record of one and six. Woof. You pooped in the refrigerator. So where did it all go wrong? Well, first off, welcome to sports betting. We're so close, doesn't get you anything. I had the over on Raheem Mostert receptions at one and a half. And guess what? Mostert gets a reception right in the first quarter. I'm like, boom, let's do this. One more. We got this. Did not see another reception the entire game. Then the game script that I'm thinking is, all right, the 49ers are going to win. They're going to do it by running the ball. So let's go with, I'm going to bet the 49ers over five people will have a rushing total. They've got an extremely creative offense. And early on, this is looking good. Coleman gets a rush. Mostert gets a rush. Garoppolo gets a rush. Debo Samuel's in on the action. Just like this, I've got four people who have touched the ball and the 49ers are winning. I'm like, boom, this game script is incredible for me. All I need is one more to push. And then nothing else happened the rest of the game. No creative play calling. Like the one bet that I wanted to make that I didn't see, so I took this one, was actually George Kittle gets a rush so that bet wasn't out there so this became the best way for me to try and get action on it that did not end up happening but here's what really blew my mind the 49ers had only 22 rushing attempts in the entire game on the flip side the chiefs had 29 that's right the chiefs had more rushing attempts than the 49ers and the chiefs had five players with a rushing attempt if you were to tell me that was the way the game was going to go before the Super Bowl, there is no way I would have believed you. Oh, what a loser. I was also on under on Sammy Watkins, his total receiving yards. 
because he had treated me like trash all season in fantasy football. So I was like, you know what? This is one last opportunity for me to fade the inconsistent Sammy Watkins. And you know what he did? He gave me a middle finger as he was putting up yards early and often. Yuck. No more. No, not tonight. Despite all this, I did do one thing correctly, and that was bankroll management. I knew that the Super Bowl was an event that I was going to have a ton of fun with. So I came in with certain expectations. But at the same time, I was betting half units and didn't get too crazy with everything. He was smiling at how money I was. So looking forward, what's on my mind right now, more specifically, it is fading the 49ers. And this is more them not making the playoffs next year, a.k.a the Super Bowl hangover. Remember, last year, the Rams were the greatest show on turf. They had a double-digit win total for their preseason. And what ended up happening? They did not make the playoffs. And we're like, how is that possible? If you were to think about this time last year and say the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs, you are crazy. Let's think about the 2017 Falcons who choked against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. What's happened to them since? They are yet to make the playoffs. There's a lot of factors for why I would fade the 49ers and have them not making the playoffs next year. Losing players and coaches to free agency, which always happens to the best teams, especially the ones who make the Super Bowl. You've got the emotional letdown factor. You've got a first-place schedule, and you've got a tough division. The recipe is there for them to not make the playoffs and oh, by the way, they can still go nine and seven. And the margin of victory or defeat in the NFL is so small that sometimes when things don't go your way, the season just doesn't go your way. So that's what's on my mind regarding the Super Bowl. I had a blast this NFL season, but now it's on to other sports. All right, you guys, let's listen up. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, Here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's SHARP25 for 25% off any product. And boom goes the dynamite. And joining me to drop some knowledge on how to bet the NHL is Josh Ingles, covers contributor. You can follow him on Twitter at I-N-G-L-I-S underscore Josh4. Josh, great to have you on the show. What's up? How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely amazing. And the reason I wanted to have you on the show is we have followed each other on Twitter through both being with covers, but we never actually had spoken, but we've tweeted back and forth. I've followed your stuff, and I knew you were a hockey guy. So with football season ending, one of the things that I'm working on is, hey, let's try and build up a baseline knowledge for how to bet these other sports because it's a lot more fun when we've got more action going on, and NHL being one of them. Uh, the stadium series is in about two weekends, so it is relevant there. And, oh, by the way, there are some opportunities to make a profit in NHL because it is a slightly softer market compared to what we see with the football with a lot more action there. 
Yeah, if you're willing to to put your money on what looks like a big dog, you there's there's value to be had. And especially, so, sorry, but like the two things we got, we got the money line. Obviously, we're playing totals. But if you like a team and the money line's too expensive, there's other ways to find the value as well. You can get it in the three way. That means a win in regulation. So, for example, today Toronto's paying one point five six on the money line. But if you take them on the three-way, it's like 1.8, which is a lot more to swallow. And I mean, when you're going to overtime, it's 50-50 anyway. All right. So let's break down just the first part of how we should even see the betting. So we've got money lines. You've got your traditional totals of the over-under. You've got puck line. You've got something called Grand Salami. When I found out about this, I was like, holy smokes, Batman. Sign me up for this. And then it seems like there's a few other variations of things. But if someone's just getting into NHL betting, where are you traditionally? Where would you steer someone to say, hey, if you want to just start getting into it, here's how you should think about it. Absolutely. The first thing you're going to do is start playing overs. Whether it's first period or just game total overs, watching hockey for overs is the best way to watch hockey. And then the one thing at the end of the games, a lot of people don't know. I mean, when a team's up, Sometimes they'll pull a goalie with two minutes left, three minutes left. They'll pull a goalie down two goals. So you could go, for example, I lost a game on Sunday. It was 2-1 with five minutes left and it finished 4-3 with a two empty net goals. I mean, playing over totals is probably the best way to get into the sport. Okay, so sign me up for playing overs totals. That sounds like a great idea because Joe Public loves to play that. But let's actually get down to like the – the value and the breakdown of it because traditionally since everybody loves to play overs the under is where there's more perceived value so take us into sort of the mindset of is it as simple as things can escalate really quickly with the way that games can end or wouldn't this be built into a line right out of the gate bob so when you're betting these totals you really want to get in on it early in the day. So I'm up at like, I'm at work, I'm up at 4.30. So I said, I purchase at five o'clock in the morning and always those overs will fall, right? So you're looking today, started at 1.9 for Toronto at over six and a half, and now it's 1.76. So if you really want the best value, you're betting early, okay? Then there's a big difference. You don't have to know everybody when you're betting these totals. I, I really only play maybe like a handful of six or seven teams that I feel comfortable betting the overs with. And then there's the range from 5.5 to 6 and 6.5. And, uh, yeah, betting with the big dogs at 6.5 is uh, where I think some of the better value is because it's a line that's scaring the public away from the under. Uh, but we'll see tonight. We have uh, Toronto and New York at six and a half, and that's something that I'm playing the over with, and 6.5 shouldn't scare you. So to set a baseline here so that we can help everyone understand a little bit more, is it safe to say that five or five and a half would be two of the more common numbers that you're going to see, and then once you start to get to six or six and a half, that would be considered higher? Right now, at the beginning of the year, there was about six and a half. And now we're seeing six is the common number. And then you see the two hand, uh, maybe a handful of teams always at the six and a half. And then a handful of teams always at the five and a half. And then when those two five and a half teams meet, then you'll get a five. 
and then you'll see everybody just say, if you're going to give me five goals, I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the over no matter what. So that's as low as it goes because the public just won't bet on under five. <laughs> All right. I like this. So now let's uh, try and break this down a little bit. You actually mentioned there's a handful of teams that you do like. So I'm from Pittsburgh and I live in Chicago. So I'm a Penguins fan and a Blackhawks fan. Yeah. Two of probably the more higher profile teams because of the success that they've had over the long uh, period of stretch of Crosby, Malkin, Kane, Taze, and winning cups. But teams like that probably don't have as much value in the market because they're always favorites compared to some of the other ones. So talk to us about the selection of teams in your bets, whether it's about the over-unders or if we're taking them on a money line or as a dog. Okay, yeah, a lot of it, especially with the, the, the playing the totals, I really look into stats like expected goals for and expected goals against. It's a really cool stat that just says, okay, you have these high danger scoring chances and they should have a normal shooting percentage for what they are, a league average, and it's just how lucky you're getting. So if you see a team that's getting really lucky, then maybe you turn it around. Like a team like the New York Rangers went, uh, what, 8-0-1 with a stretch just before the break of hitting the over and they weren't perceived as an over team like the Leafs, like uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, Jari's kind of settled that down, but uh, he's in a bit of a rough patch right now. So yeah, Pittsburgh's good with the over right now. Chicago, Chicago was on fire with the first period overs. They're, they're playing good over hockey. All right, so you actually mentioned first period overs. So I love the idea. Where are you finding the knowledge to back, hey, these are the teams that are good on first period overs? Or, for example, I looked at the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs had been traditionally a good second quarter team. So I'm like, boom, Patrick Mahomes just scored a touchdown passing in the, in the second quarter. Yeah. didn't happen. But things like this – as an informed better, I'm like, I like this. So where do we start finding information or how do we start getting our knowledge base good enough to where you can start to understand first ha- first period over teams? Uh, knowing where to find it is one thing, but another thing is also separating what's at you versus what's valid now. Really with first period overs and especially in hockey, you really don't need a large sample size. You're looking at five and 10 games when you're looking at numbers at trends with teams. So a simple Google search, first period over trends, will bring up uh, multiple websites that just top 10 teams. Here they are in the year, here what they are in the last 10 games. And that's when you'll find really sneaky values. Like uh, right now, the Anaheim Ducks, who are usually a 5.5 total team, a low scoring team. They can pay up to like 1.9 on the first period money line. I like this. So uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is the Grand Salami. Mm. Can you explain? So from what I've gathered, the Grand Salami is a simple way to have action on every single game. It's Mm. an over-under on every game. Or I even saw you can break this down, home versus away team. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. There's a, the Twitter community is really big with hockey. I mean, the irony of gambling Twitter is such a beautiful thing because it's the cesspool of the world 
but gambling Twitter is actually the nicest place that you can find help. And there's a lot of guys out there, and you'll see that. That's where some people see the Grand Salami, and the, the away is plus 0 0.5. So the Grand Salami is usually only on games with, like, a handful of games. They're not going to do it with a 12-slate game, right? So you're looking at numbers like 18 and a half. And that will keep you – that is the opposite of a first-period total bet. First period total, you're getting in, you're getting out. With Grand Salami, you got to watch, you got to pay attention to every game and see, and it's just a total bet on every game combined. Is there value anywhere in that? Because me being an action junkie, I would just be like, man, if I could just casually have the Grand Salami and taking the overs, if we can, if we can live anywhere between forty-seven and fifty-three percent, I'm going to be happy. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you make a great point. The fact is, if you think that everything's going over, wouldn't you just be playing the overs individually on the game? So what you can do with on the Grand Salami, if you really think a few games are going to be blowouts, that's the thing that wins you the Grand Salami. Not every game going over. Uh, you know what I mean? A 6-5 game. A couple of those games is going to win you a Grand Salami. All right, so... You brought up something else now in terms of how you break down a game because what matters more here or what gets thrown into this? So, for example, we're looking at goaltending. Is it starter versus backup? Uh, are there back-to-backs, home versus away, uh, recent injuries? So I can certainly see where from a trend standpoint, a five- or a ten-game sample, depending on injuries. And once again, we can use the Penguins who – have probably been crushing despite the fact that they had so many injuries. They were finding a way to succeed despite that, but being aware of something like that. So what's going into your assessment on what you like so that we can start to look for these things? Uh, well, first, you like teams. Like I, I keep coming back to the Leafs example. It's just because the books really – don't give you much value on like a team like that on the money line. So no matter how much you like them, unless you want to play a puck line, which is by winning by more than um, winning by more than one, then you're going to have to find somewhere else for your value on the money line. And what it is, is break it down. It's just break things down into traveling versus not traveling small samples of what a team thinks is a set. You know what I mean? We're going on a six-game road set. We're going to take this as a six-game. So their mentality is, okay, let's win. If we can win three of these games, three of those games, then we're doing all right for ourselves. So scheduling is important, but not so much that what the public thinks is an automatic loss on a back-to-back. -back. You find fantastic odds with teams on the back end of back-to-backs. Your Chicago Blackhawks are like 10-2 and two this year on the second game of a back-to-back. And I guarantee you all those 10 wins were plus money. Let's get to teams to avoid. What should we be looking at on the flip side of an avoid this like the plague? And sure, that may mean we may be wanting to bet against them. But sometimes, like, when you're looking in the NFL, you're just like, man, this team makes it so difficult because the number of mistakes they have. Where you're like, the Chargers were a perfect example. Everything mm. seems perfect. It's like puppy dogs and rainbows, and then somehow they always find a way to lose, and you're like, I can't trust this team because they can beat the best team and then lose to the worst team. So yeah. 
what should we be thinking about for teams to avoid? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's really more difficult in hockey just to say this team's bad. We know there are bad teams, but, I mean, when Detroit wins, they pay you well. When Ottawa wins, they pay you well. What you want to avoid is teams that are playing bad hockey. And teams that are playing bad hockey are teams that are not scoring goals. They're not helping you. So uh, our friend Brandon Debray, he's a big Montreal fan, watching them play and not put the puck in the net is as frustrating as it gets. And they will be good. They might get hot in 10 games, but it's really a quick trend. And we come, I come back to this five, 10 game spreads. It's really how teams are playing at the moment. All right, so you mentioned something to me before the, uh, we started taping this was puck luck. So if you see a team that is good, but maybe hitting a rough stretch where the goals just aren't going in, and you see this with players all the time, and especially players who are newly acquired to a team and they're looking to get their first goal and, they're, and the coach get interviews and they're like, listen, he's been grinding hard. He's had good shifts. Like the puck isn't just getting in there. So it's puck luck. Is there a – uh, regression to the mean at some point? And if so, what are we looking for on that from a 5, 10? Because if you think it's at 5, but then it keeps going to 10, you're like, crap, I just lost 5 more. So Absolutely, what are yeah. we looking for with puck luck? So you, you, the regression, right? It's like Babbitt. You know what I mean? It's that magical number of what's, what's the Babbitt number, 330 uh, in baseball? Yeah. It, it, it will regress to it. And – Hockey has it with its shooting percentages. Like I said, they have uh, hockey stats are so good now that they, qual they quantify it as a high danger shot, a medium danger shot, and a low danger shot. And each of those should have their own expected goals. And that number can be formulated into expected goals for and expected goals against. And it's a really easier number to look at when you're looking for where a team is what where a team looks like they are versus where a team will be going and there are also other really good stats like uh the, the more generic advanced stats people now are uh, we have Corsi, which is uh the thing about hockey is if you shoot it and it gets tipped wide that doesn't count as a shot but it's still a scoring chance so accepting new like in any sport accepting new uh New metrics is, is a better tool that you can use and find value in teams that aren't quite there yet. All right. And I want to talk about that value in teams that aren't quite there yet because you mentioned when you can get on Detroit or Ottawa in one of their wins, it's going to pay out. So in football, I like to be contrarian in how I think. So traditionally, it's going to be the less sexier teams. So what is your general strategy when dealing with underdogs on the money line? Uh, underdogs on the money line, sometimes that money line just gets too big. Like, it, like today I'm taking Florida over Toronto. I'm a Leafs fan. But if Florida's paying 170, not on a back-to-back, -back, well, they're on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, but that number just doesn't make sense. Like, there's just too much value in, like, the puck luck. Anything can really happen. Toronto's coming off a, an overtime win versus the Senators, who are one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, this is a, a game between the third and the fourth place team in the division. And you're going to give me plus 170? Sure, I'll take that. 
So at the end of the day, you end up playing units, not a win-loss record, which is why wins is a metric for your sports bet. may not make the most sense if you can start to get these 170s or things like that because you're yeah. playing a percentage at that point. You're just looking at what, how good of a team is, and that number is it. Is, is Florida a better team at 170 than Toronto is at, at uh, minus 190? No, there's, there's not that big of a difference in the game. Right. Makes complete sense. Cool. So as we're wrapping this up, I really want to do what we can to help the new NHL sports better. And actually, I would like to just distinct this as just the sports better. Because I think one of the fun things is I'm going to be betting more on NHL, NBA, college basketball, baseball once it comes up here. Because I like to have action on a lot of things. So I want to be an informed better. So do you have a suggestion for what someone can do to say, hey, here's how you can get your feet wet in betting hockey. And it sounded like overs, correct? Oh, ab absolutely. And it's the most enjoyable in the same – in one and one And then that, in a sense, will get you more hooked on the game. That will get you more involved when you're actually enjoying watching the game and watching what's happening. So uh, just to jump in, numbers at six are fantastic. Pushing at six is not a bad thing. Uh, like I said, uh, goalies get pulled. There are many chances at the end of a game. Uh, power plays are scoring at 30% on the high end. Uh, there's just so many more chances and so much more excitement for overs. So what you can do is if uh, just Gary Sports app, look at the team's last five games find out who's scoring more than three goals per game, who's giving up more than three goals per game, wait for them to meet up, and, and put your money down on that. You don't want to put your money down on a bad offense when you're playing overs. Awesome, Josh. I really enjoyed this conversation. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, you can just get me up on Twitter. Uh, feel free to ask me anything about hockey. Uh, if I don't know anything, I definitely point you in the right direction. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Ingles, I-N-G-L-I-S underscore Josh4. Uh, check out Covers.com in the NHL. See me there. Follow, comment, ask questions, win some money. Awesome. And I want to hear from you. Are you willing to dive into NHL betting with me and sprinkle some stuff on some overs and have some fun? If you do, I would love to hear from you. Let us know what games you have action on. You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy and make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community and also make sure to tag at covers and the feedback that we received from everyone during the football season on iTunes with the ratings and reviews was out of this world. And it means the world to me. And I say it every week. If you show us love, we're going to show you love. So if you haven't given us a rating review, please do so because I will shout you out on the podcast. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management.